We're recording this on July 16th, 2022 at around two o'clock in the afternoon. So by the time you hear this, Johnny Gaudreau may have finally realized what he's done. I've made a huge mistake. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show where nothing matters anyway, so why do we even bother? As you might have guessed, I'm the Flames fan, Darren Plett, (laughs) and with me is Stuart Jones, the Oilers fan, who inside is probably very happy, I would assume. (laughs) Uh, I am am quite content. Um, I am definitely concerned about your (laughs) well-being. Yeah, I'm I'm holding steady. I know some other Flames fans that are... uh, having a tough time but i'm doing okay all things considering you know this is like not the first episode we've had a few episodes in the past few months where i've had to like start by asking how you're doing i feel like that's uh it's piling up on you i'm guessing it's been a rough ride if you're a flames fan you get (laughs) dumpstered by the oilers in the playoffs and then your best player abandons you in the off season You can't even say, like, we had a good draft because we only had three whole draft picks. (laughs) So it's just like, well, I hope something fun happens this offseason. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a bummer. Time will tell. There's still so much more for True Living to do and hopefully, hopefully do. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't follow my offseason plan from the last episode. So clearly he wasn't listening to sign Johnny Gaudreau. Like, hello, that's... That was the very first step, and he didn't do that. So how is he going to complete all the rest of it? And as we all know, this is entirely Treliving's fault, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think he's the only person we can blame in this whole... I'm being very sarcastic. I feel like some people <laughs> might take me seriously. Way too many people are blaming Treliving. What's he supposed to do? I'm not sure. Apparently, right? the answer was trade Johnny at any point in the last six years, and that would have been a win. You know, revisionist history. Sure, yeah. We would have been very happy if he traded Johnny at any point during the last six years. (laughs) It would have been good. But no, I think it's not True Living's fault at all. There's no way he could have predicted the future and known what Johnny would decide. And apparently the Flames were pretty convinced that he was going to sign there to the last minute, and then he didn't. So, it, you know, it's it's not their fault and people who are blaming them are just looking for somewhere to throw blame so Mm -hmm. um i don't know if there is anywhere besides at johnny himself and even then i don't know if he should call it blame because he he had every right to do what he did as painful as it is for us to watch (laughs) and by us i mean flames fans not you and i Yeah, it wasn't that painful for me. Although I feel like I had some <laughs> sympathy pains. Like I was like, "Ooh, yeah, that that would suck. That would suck for sure." But yeah, I like I agree. Like Johnny Gaudreau did what he wanted to do, which my goodness, he's allowed to do. Free agents, human beings have free agency, almost if you will. Am I taking this too far? Oh, is that what those words mean? They have a meaning. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Could he have handled it a tiny bit differently? Maybe given them a bit more of a heads up? Maybe, sure. But again, like it it wasn't 100% surprising. And yeah, he's allowed to do what he chose to do. Yeah, the only thing I would have wanted him to do differently besides not leave is to give <laughs> the Flames way more heads up. Yeah, I mean, I assume that he actually had a difficult time deciding. 
Yeah. And I've been joking that he probably didn't decide and he left it till the last minute and told his wife to pick or something like that, which I, I'm only half kidding. That sounds like something that would probably happen. So yeah. I wish the Flames had more of a heads up so they could have, I like, I don't know what they would have done, but they would have had more time to prepare, figure out what they were going to concretely do during the off season instead of, you know, a few hours before free agency being like, well, okay plan a is out the window <laughs> yeah that would have no been kidding. nice to know um I, I also never thought i would uh i would actively cheer for columbus to lose or just like despise columbus for some reason <laughs> that was not on my radar at any point so yeah i guess now i have a, a new team to dislike and it's for like it's the columbus blue jackets of all teams yeah who knew yeah, I, what uh, what I wanted to ask you about was a little bit surprising to me, but not entirely, is you would think that even though there wasn't exactly a plan in place, that once Treliving found out, hey, I'm going to have like tens of millions of dollars to spend here right before free agency, you'd think he would, you know, have gone to the store, if you will, and done a few impulse buys. Uh, I, I'd say props to him that he didn't really do that, but are you surprised that he didn't make any sort of big ish moves to kind of try and fill that gap last minute? I'm only surprised. I'm surprised in the best way because I thought <laughs> I had very little faith. Like I, I really liked Treliving living as a GM, but I feel like he has directives from above him to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And I felt like one of those directives might've been, well, Johnny's gone. You got to get a big name in here fast or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, we've seen bad signings from the Flames with James Neal and, and Troy Brower. And I mean, like they weren't terrible at the time, but they turned out bad. And I was gritting my teeth waiting for something like that to happen. And it didn't, which is slightly surprising and so welcome for me, at least. Because you said they have tens of millions of dollars of dollars to play with, and that's not strictly true. Because if they had signed Johnny, they would have had to move money out. Mm-hmm. So true. they they don't have a lot of space. Like they do have some, but some of that's probably going to go to Matthew Kachuk and Andrew Mandrapani. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, and <laughs> Oliver Shillington. Well, some of it has to go to him unless he sits out the entire season. But yeah. Um, so that like they are going to use up most of their money just on, uh, RFAs. I do expect they will like pick through free agency at the end. They sign some like essentially people that I had to Google, which means that <laughs> they probably haven't played very much. And, uh, um, they also signed, re-signed Zadarov, which I actually quite liked, um, but yeah, I'm, I was happy with that. I'm happy that they kept their options open. There's still a few good free agents that I wouldn't mind them signing, like Niederreiter. Um, I wouldn't mind Kadri if he if he was cheap and short term, but that's not going to happen. That's the right price, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not going to happen. But there's some like Niederreiter that I would be interested in seeing. But like, I'm really happy that they kept options open because I really don't like when teams hit the first minute of free agency, just like throwing money out of a cannon. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not how I like free agency to go. Um, that's I'm the more bu- interesting way for it to go though. <laughs> yeah. I like it for watching other teams do it. That's pretty entertaining, <laughs> but it just doesn't seem to work out very often. There's been lots of articles on how often big free agent signings work out, you know, like Johnny Gaudreau is going to work out, 
but how many of the other ones are going to mm, <laughs> not not a ton mm-hmm. so you know it, you could end up with a half decent like the the best case scenario for a big free agent signing is it turns out decent yeah like <laughs> It goes from decent to Lucic. Those are that's like your range of <laughs> signing options. So, yeah, I, I'm glad he stayed out of it for the most part. I think you can find really good deals if you wait and and grab players for cheap that might turn into something. And most often mm-hmm. they don't. But yeah, so that part of the off season went fine with me. Um, in terms of signings, I think the Oilers are definitely the more interesting team to look at because they definitely got some work done, and I'm interested to hear how you think it went because it's alarmingly close to your offseason <laughs> plan, which I made fun of. Yeah, um, it, it was yeah, interestingly close. Now, uh, the moves I did and the moves Holland did sort of vary in the sense of he pulled it off in a realistic world, whereas I I was a bit uh, fantastical, if you will. Um, but some of the stuff um, he actually improved upon, which I didn't think you could do in a real-world <laughs> scenario. Um, like the first thing I had traded, as you know, the rights to Pugliarvi, Cassian, Keith, and a handful of picks – uh, instead, Holland managed to strongly encourage Duncan Keith to retire. <laughs> At least, um, I'm, you know, of course, that's not official. There's no thing, no proof of that. That would probably be tampering or something illegal about that. But uh, that's what we all suspect happened. Yeah, it happened. There was baseball bats and and <laughs> nights in Duncan Keith's, Keith's house. I assume uh, he did manage to trade away Cassian. Uh, and we gave up, uh, netted down two picks and then had to move a couple down this year. So all in all, I think we lost two picks in order to get rid of Cassian. That's essentially the same thing that I was doing. Uh, he signed Kane, which I did not do because I had no, no way in hope that Kane would sign for four years at 20 and a half million. Uh, like that's still a, like that's there's a risk there for sure. Uh, but that is much better than I thought he would be looking for. So I didn't even bother trying <laughs> in my fantasy world where I could have essentially said Kane signed for two million dollars. <laughs> uh, so I was impressed by that. Uh, he did end up signing Jack Campbell for more money than I paid. But again, real world, the guy actually wants this much money. So that's kind of how much you have to give him. Uh, again, a little bit higher than maybe I would have wanted to see. But, you know, five years, uh, five million average. Not not bad for what will hopefully be a decent goalie. But again, some risk because he's not really that proven yet. So We'll see if him and Skinner can be a good tandem. Uh, he re-signed Kulak uh, for actually significantly less than I thought Kulak <laughs> would be signed for. Again, you'd think I'd be able to just throw like $2 at the guy and he'd be like, yep, yeah, because it's my world, my rules. But, uh, you know, I tried to offer him decent change and apparently Holland is much better at negotiating <laughs> with real humans than I am with fake humans. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, so again, he, he did essentially most of what I have. He's still not sort of 
handled Pugliarvi yet uh, or re-signed Yamamoto or anything like that. But because those are RFAs, they have a little bit more time and wiggle room to kind of make that work. Um, Connor Brown did end up going elsewhere from Ottawa to Washington, I believe. So that's not happening unless Washington feels like flipping like a new asset that they just recently acquired. <laughs> but I kind of doubt it. So that's not going to happen. But uh, all in all, like I'm, I'm pretty impressed uh, with some of the things that Holland's done. And oh, and I forgot to mention, I got to bring up this one. He signed Greg McKeg, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw to a two, two year, two way contract. Like it, it's like seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year or something. Like that. Normally, I don't really talk about under million dollar signings because like I don't even know who these people are. Like I don't know if they can skate. Like, I have nothing to say, but like his name alone, Greg McKaig, like he's clearly some sort of Nickelodeon superhero. So I have to mention the name as much as I possibly can. But yeah, I, I like what he's done so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do with Pugliarvi, if anything, or if he can make it work on the Oilers roster. That would be nice, too, if Pugliarvi like willing and, you know, going to be OK with that and play well and have a good attitude. Um, and obviously Yamamoto, I think is a key piece too, that we still need to deal with, but, uh, yeah, I have interest to see what happens in, in the next few months, but I I'm liking what I've seen so far. Yeah. I was, I was all in on Edmonton's off season when I heard about Greg McKaig. I was like, <laughs> wow, this is an A plus plus off season to get that kind of a name. I'm all about great names on rosters. That's my yeah. favorite thing. Uh, and I begrudgingly couldn't really nitpick many of their moves or laugh at any of their moves, which is my favorite thing to do because <laughs> the Evander Kane deal is really good, I think, and very scary for people that don't like the Oilers because he really clicked there. And mm-hmm. the fact that they fit him in for four years is like, oh boy, I I hope it doesn't work out, but I think it is going to. <laughs> and I wasn't that surprised, honestly, that it it was that low of a salary. And it's like it's not that low, but like he was asking for seven or eight million or thinking that's what he was gonna get. And yeah. I was thinking, where on who's gonna give that kind of money to you? Not just because uh because of your off ice, you know, antics, but who has that kind of cap room <laughs> for yeah. for Evander Kane? Like you might hold on to that kind of cap room for Johnny Gaudreau or maybe Nazem Kadri, but are you really going to do that for Kane? So when, when those numbers were coming out, I was thinking that sounds so high and I don't think anyone's ever going to offer that to him. So what the Oilers got him at is much more like, it makes way more sense to me. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think I can like take some faith in that might not work out is Jack Campbell, in my opinion, <laughs> because to me, he's not, that different from mike smith he's younger which helps a lot so his bones might not turn to dust uh, as you like to say but he is a very up and down goalie like extremely and toronto fans can attest he had he started off the season last year like vezina caliber unbeatable like had a great like first few months of the season and then he dropped off of the face of the earth and they wanted anybody to like replace him because he was playing so bad. And then he kind of leveled out and was like, meh, for the rest of the season and the playoffs. So is that really that different from Mike Smith? Because if you said that about Mike Smith, it would be the exact same, right? He has moments where he's 
unbeatable and then he has times where you wish you had anybody else in the league as your <laughs> goaltender so uh, it to me it seems like they're committing five million over five years for a 10-year 20-year younger how, how old is Mike Smith <laughs> I'm gonna say 20-year younger Jack Campbell <laughs> Mike Smith's gotta be coming up to 50 I think so I like it might work out maybe he settles down or figures out consistency but i feel like goalies become more consistent when they're behind strong defenses and that's just still <laughs> not what i see in edmonton <laughs> edmonton's still gonna be roughly the same to me very scary offensively not great on defense the kulak signing was good but he's not like a top four super dependable defenseman i don't think he's a good defenseman um especially at the number they got him at but yeah, it's just it just seems like kind of more of the same for Edmonton, and I don't know how they would improve their defense drastically without some really painful moves, but I still think they do have to do that. What do you think? Well, first, I just want to like acknowledge what you said about Campbell and only the first part of what you said and just completely <laughs> ignore the rest of the justification. Because when you said he's like Mike Smith, but younger, I was like, what's the problem? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for. Okay. Like, my biggest concern with Mike Smith, as you mentioned, is that occasionally his bones just turn to dust because, you know, he's a dinosaur. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I do agree. He's uh, they both have their their highs and lows. I do hope that Campbell will sort of be able to see that sort of iron itself out uh, with maybe just a, I don't know, more more security and a longer contract with a, a team that's not Toronto where you're like, <laughs> uh, like Edmonton is by no means like a friendly crowd <laughs> to hockey players. Are you trying uh, to tell me that Edmonton's less of a media fishbowl than Toronto? slightly slightly <laughs> yes so slightly so so yeah anyway i'll take what i can get so <laughs> hoping that kind of works out and yeah like i'll take a goalie who's who has their peaks and valleys over sort of boringly mediocre maybe this is just because i'm an oilers fan and this is what oilers fans do they get their peaks in their valleys i didn't say mediocre i said consistent and by that yeah. i mean consistently good <laughs> I've, I've never seen that so I don't, I don't know what that means so. <laughs> anyways that that's yeah I, I do agree Campbell is n by no means like a sure thing uh, but I, I'm hoping it'll work out uh, as for the defense uh, yeah I agree Kulak is a really good signing for that price especially evidently based on how much I was willing to pay him <laughs> um, yeah I think there is more to do i i would love to see oh, oh i don't know like a macar or something <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i i would love to see some really really good defense uh show up on the other's doorstep but yeah realistically how is that even gonna happen i i can't even imagine yeah, it well, in you my have to, fake world right you have to go back in time and not pay darnell nurse almost 10 million dollars that's a good start <sighs> <laughs> yeah so I, I don't hate that contract as much as you may be think i should i i get it i do know that that seems ridiculous it is a high price but at the same time like that's what 
D-men were going for at the time it was signed. And it, like it, it's a that's free what, market, right? So it's it's hard what really to really good defensemen were going for at the time. Like you like you know Seth Jones. <laughs> really yeah, good no. defense. <laughs> but but Darnell Darnell Nurse is good. He is a good defenseman. He is in fact the probably the Oilers best defenseman. <laughs> okay. Sure that's a pretty low, low bar. bar. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it like the options were we either completely lost him and we tried to find scraps of other teams' defense that they're willing to let go because good defense are just plain old hard to find. They um, So we either lost him or we had to pay what he thought he was worth. That, like That's how a free market works, unfortunately. I don't think he's worth that, but he thought he was and he potentially could have got it elsewhere. So that's what Holland had to do. So I don't hate Holland for that signing. Yeah, it makes it more difficult to give him, you know, anyone to work with. (laughs) Because if I have, you know, $20 to spend on my crew and I hire one guy for $19, then like... (laughs) He's getting a small cat as his crewmate, so... Um, that was a very strange analogy. I don't know where it came <laughs> from. But <laughs> Straight off a of pirate ship, it seems like. <laughs> I was thinking construction crew, but I like where your head uh, goes. Cats, okay. cats on the construction crew, I don't know. Right, because cats on the pirate ship, super helpful. Anyways, it's a superstition. You're supposed to have a cat on a ship. Oh, right, yeah. It's good okay. luck. Fair enough. Okay, oh, anyways, I feel like yeah, we've you're lost. You're welcome for saving your analogy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like now, (laughs) I'm just saying, John Klingberg is available in free agency, and if you're creative, you can find good defensemen. And you know, if you draft them, that also helps. I'm just like, I would take takes time, (laughs) not that much time, and I would, I would take both Hannafin and Anderson from the Flames over Nurse personally. That's probably a hot take, but I would, and a Homer take. And they're <laughs> they make the exact same amount of money as Darnell Nurse combined, and they're our top pairing. So like, <clears throat> I just think it was a bad signing. I don't know. That's kind of off the trail because there's nothing you can do about it now, <laughs> right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Besides trying to trade him, which I don't think is really going to happen. And I'm not saying no. he's a bad defenseman. He's yeah. just paid more than he should be, and it makes the rest of the defense a lot harder for Edmonton. So, and that that I do agree with. Yeah. So I just like if they can find a way to improve their defense somehow, I think they should go for it. And I'm sure I like it seems like they never really care that much about their defense. Like they Mm. do a lot of tinkering with the offense and and like Evander Kane was such a big deal. Got to get him signed and everything. But you could have like put some resources into the defense a little bit, maybe. I don't know. But apparently they're not too concerned about that. So we'll see how it works out this year. Again, yeah, I Holland's approach is clearly okay. I have firepower that's going to score a uh, hundred goals, and I have six warm bodies behind them. That's all I need, <laughs> yeah. plus a goalie or two that maybe are under forty. <laughs> there you go. That's that's on his whiteboard in the office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like I don't have much more to say about Calgary because we can't really talk about what they're going to do until they maybe get Kachuk signed. And that's going to be interesting in itself. Uh, um, if it were me, I would give Kachuk a hard deadline like before the offseason ends 
of like, you have to let us know or you have to sign something before this date. Otherwise, we're going to start looking into trading you because did you see the other guy that left and how much that screwed us? Yeah, <laughs> like, we can't let that happen again. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see which way Kachuk's going to go. Is he going to sign for a long time here because he gets the chance to be the big star and maybe a captain and gaudreau has gone. So Kachuk will be the focal point or is he another flight risk American? And after he leaves, Calgary's never going to draft an American again. Who knows? <laughs> it's hard yeah. to say. They might've been burned too many times on this by now. Yeah. Yep. The Adam Fox thing still hurts a little bit too. <laughs> Could have had a Norse defenseman there, but nope, had to go to had to go to New York. Maybe just never draft anyone from Eastern states again would be my advice. No matter how good they are, they don't want to play here. They don't like Stampede that much. <laughs> this isn't cowboy enough for me. What's this twice a week, twice <laughs> two weeks a year sort of thing? No, not enough. Yeah, I got to hit the excitement of Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Now it's time for Sally's and Scorns. Stu, what do you have lined up? Well, for my Sally this episode, I'm going to have to go with the Ottawa general manager, Pierre Dorian, whom I had to Google because I forgot who their GM was, because (laughs) when was the last time we talked about Ottawa at all? Anything about Ottawa ever? At least least anything good. It's been a long time. (laughs) probably not good we may have joked about like their arena situation or something but yeah we do not talk about them so anyways apparently it's pierre dorian (laughs) and apparently he's like really good at this because they made some crazy interesting moves they acquired uh in like a steal of a trade and possibly that's a scorn on chicago's gm who i didn't even bother googling because he's pretty new i think (laughs) But uh, there was that. They uh, He also somehow convinced Claude Giroux that the Sens were a cup contender. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, like Claude Giroux was, like, for the past couple of years has been all, like, moving around, kind of, like, looking for his cup, right? He's not looking for the big payday. He's still really good. He's looking to get that cup before he retires. And Florida Panthers, well, that was an interesting one, but okay, we all see them. They're on the uptick. They're getting better. And then now now I'm going to Ottawa Senators. Well, like Claude Giroux must know things that the rest of us don't. And like if they do really well this year, like I'm following Giroux's career much more closely (laughs) because he must know things. But most importantly for Pierre Dorian, he acquired Cam freaking Talbot. (laughs) Stu's favorite player. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Good call, sir. He will pre- He will prove, I hope, he will prove to be very valuable once you realize that Matt Murray isn't what he used to be because he also acquired Matt Murray. So we'll see how that goaltending tandem works out. But I think well, no. Cam Talbot's a They, they good traded option. Matt Murray to Toronto. You're right. I have that backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. They did acquire him last year or two years ago, right. and then and they've already figured out he's yeah. not what he, right. Yes, very that's quickly. right. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. It's Toronto. Yeah, I remember we were having this conversation when it happened. We we're kind of like, "Wow, that's interesting. He's not what he used to be," sort of thing. Except I was on the side of it wasn't that long ago. It was he was good, right? But then I realized like time is sort of stopped for the past five years, and <laughs> yeah. I don't remember when the it's Pens been won the like cup. six years at least since he's been good. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So anyways, 
Clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about with Matt Murray, but now they have Cam Talbot. I think that's better. I think that's going to work out fabulously for them. But I've been wrong before. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking, too, with Toronto getting Matt Murray and not realizing that he's bad, they probably don't even realize that Ottawa exists. And Ottawa called them and was like, hey, you want to make a trade? And Toronto was like, who's this? Who is this? (laughs) And and Ottawa's like, we'll send you a goalie. And Toronto's like, okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) That's probably exactly how that went down in my mind. Yeah, probably. And they and Ottawa probably also sent like a 400-page manifesto on how good they're going to be to Claude Giroux, and that must be what swayed him because, yeah, I also like I can see them being good, but winning a cup in the next couple three years, I don't know about that. Um, mm-hmm. They have some really good young players now, but okay, well we'll see how his gamble pays off. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to go with my scorn. Well, I'm going to do mine both because they're quite connected. Um, I'm going to go with my scorn first, which is Vegas dumping good players for literally nothing because they don't understand how the cap works. Or maybe (laughs) they do and they just don't care. Um, They traded away Max Pacioretty and a good prospect the other day for future considerations. And for those who don't know Max Pacioretty, he's like a 40 goal scorer. And... He's really good and his contract's fine and his only problem is that he gets injured too much but if he's healthy he's like a top line sniper and Vegas traded him for nothing. They gave him away and were like somebody please take this because we can't start the season if we have this guy on our team. And that's just so horrible and I like their team is probably good enough that they can get away with that which is just so stupid to me. But I, it's ridiculous how Vegas could make all these decisions and seemingly not get in any trouble for them in any way. Like, they missed the playoffs, which I think most of the hockey world thought that was hilarious justice. But <laughs> their team is still really good. And, yeah, I wish they would – I hope they get punished again somehow, miss the playoffs again, something like that. But for now, I'll just have to scorn them for having <laughs> to give away good players and sacrifice their future for – trying to win a cup right now but on the other hand a selly to carolina for picking up max patrick for <laughs> literally nothing <laughs> that is a good piece of business and i if i wasn't a flames fan and i just had free reign to pick a team i might pick carolina right now just because of how fun or like how well they seem to run their team like they picked up tony d'angelo last year for a million dollars and he of the racist twitter comments and rants and all that kind of stuff kind of seemed like, Ooh, that do you really want that guy on your team? Like I, I don't really like that signing, but then they turned around and trade him to Philly this year where he's from. And he will fit right in with the people of Philly. I'm sure. (laughs) And they got a lot for him and it was like, Oh, that's a good trade. And then they turn around, get Max patch ready. And then they trade for Brent Burns with salary retained by the sharks. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, they're so good at making creative moves and not being afraid to just take a swing. And their team is really good as a result. And I think sometimes they're really unheralded because moving Max Pacioretty and Brent Burns in one offseason is a big... That's, like, a really big deal. And I don't really know if it's been that, you know, that big in the news. But I think they're going to be very good. And they just added two all-star players for 
almost nothing, literally almost nothing. So good on Carolina for a heck of an offseason and taking advantage of uh, some other teams that maybe make very poor decisions. <laughs> yeah, those are two huge names. You see like one of those names in a trade. You're like, this is big. This is huge. And the fact that they got both of them in such a short period of time is is incredible. And you're right, the whole future considerations thing, like usually if you're looking on the TSN or the Sportsnet or whichever brand you prefer and you see future considerations in the trade, it's for someone like a Zach Cassian. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> someone you've never heard of. Yeah, it is not for a Max Patchy ready. That is just crazy that – that Vegas is just dumping like that, and uh, Carolina is not afraid to pick up the pieces. Yeah, yeah, that was a shock when I saw that trade on the ticker. I was like, Max Pacioretty for future considerations. <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> like, did someone make a grave mistake? Is there another Max Pacioretty that we don't know about? <laughs> well, actually, now that I say that, I just thought of another Selly that I have to slip in there real quick. Props to Vancouver for picking a guy named Elias Pettersson in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing better than having Elias Pettersson on your team is having two having Elias two. Petterson's on your team. So congrats to Vancouver for now confusing their fans endlessly. That's yeah. That was quite hilarious. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, my scorn, unfortunately, is not at all original. In fact, it's the exact same scorn I used last episode. Wow. Uh, with the cups or the Avs dropping the cup because it <laughs> keeps happening. It is still <laughs> happening. <laughs> like the last episode, it was before the team photo was even taken. They didn't even get it to the team photo before they dropped it and dented it. And it is still happening. Every single time you see a video or a photo of the Avs celebrating with the Stanley Cup, it has a new dent in it, or it's a video of them literally dropping it, falling <laughs> over with it. It is just crazy. Like, I get it. Things happen. People are partying with it, you know. But, like, come on. Try to be a little more gingerly with it. Like, it's the Stanley freaking Cup. Uh, I know it's been through some things, but... She's also pretty old. Let's, you know, try to treat her with some respect. I mean, you know it's a replica, right? Well, yes, I know it's a replica. One of the many <laughs> replicas. Yes, I, I know there are many copies, okay, but still. Uh, yeah, that is a like, little rude. Okay, I, I would just like to question your logic a little bit, because, like, if someone hands you the Stanley Cup, and you think to yourself, well, it's not the real one. Are you going to just huck it out the window? <laughs> like, it's still the freaking Stanley Cup. I don't care if there's seven or eight of them. It's still the Stanley Cup. And, okay. you know, let's let's still try to be nice to it. Fair enough. Well, I would, if, I, if it was the actual Hall of Fame one, I would be so – I would never get to touch it, first of all. But if I did, I would yeah. be so, so careful with it. But, I mean, I also wouldn't feel horrible, horrible if I dropped the cup just because I I do know that it's a replica and it can be taken care of relatively easily. But that being said, show a little respect, Avalanche. We're going to have to try not to drop it. Maybe. Yeah, we're going to have to hoist hoist a banner in your building right beside the Stanley Cup one that says worst or like least responsible (laughs) cup champions. Most destructive cup cup champions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Come on, Avs. Just maybe drink a little less. I don't know. Are they slip? <laughs> what are they slipping on? I haven't even seen the latest videos. I don't know. It's they're all just like you know, dark lighting, shady bars, sort of things, uh, and then all yeah. of a sudden, bam! Man and cup go down. 
caretaker of Cup tries to grab Cup from player. Player won't even let go because he's so excited to be holding on. The caretaker's like, no, give me the Cup. You're done. I didn't even process that the caretaker of the Cup has to go with them wherever they want to go. Like how, how – I would hate that. I would hate – would like – 90% of the year, your job is awesome, but then 10%, you have to like be in a club all the time with some <laughs> drunk guy who's running around with a piece of property you have to protect. That sounds yeah. terrible. You would you would have a lot of stories, but yeah, yeah. that would, that would yes. be pretty terrible. A lot of stories that you can never share, but exactly, yeah, yeah. in your memoir when you're done. <laughs> yeah, when that guy retires and writes his tell all book, oh man. That's going to be, be amazing. Oh, my goodness. I hope there's a manuscript. I hope it's not lost. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Battle of Alberta podcast. You can listen to our podcast wherever you find podcasts. And you can also go to www.thebattleofalbertapodcast.com to find our episodes and our contact info. So once again, thank you very much for listening. Who knows? This may have been the season finale. We'll never tell. Mostly because neither of us have any idea. But we'll catch you in the next episode. And thank you once again for listening. Thank you.